Shalom City. Amen. Jesus is worthy to be praised. Come on, let's bless his name. Holy. Hosanna in the 
Oh, we come for one reason alone, and that is to lift up our Savior. Amen. Jesus Christ, he's the same today. He's going to be the same tomorrow. He's the same as he was yesterday, and he's not changing. Amen. That's the good news. Alamo City, I just want to welcome you this morning. We want to welcome you to the house of the Lord. And we just want to tell you if you're here in the house or if you're watching online that we love you, we're praying for you, and that we are absolutely just in love with the people of God. Amen. This morning, if you uh, would just reach across the aisle or across the pew, just tell your neighbor, it's good to see you this morning. It's good to see you this morning because some people didn't get that opportunity to wake up. Amen. But we're in the house of the Lord and we get another opportunity to bless his name. Amen. We're going to keep worshiping. my 
God is good. <laughs> Your love, oh Lord, amen. It's what wakes us up every morning. It's what keeps us. His love is great. It is beyond anything that our little human minds can comprehend. Amen.
song is a new one but all you have to remember is the word holy because our God is holy forever holy he will be holy forever amen I look forward to singing with you this morning amen
of them all All thrones and dominions All powers and positions Your name stands above them all Jesus, your name is the greatest Your name is the greatest Just worship him for a second. Come on, the presence of the Lord is in this place. Just a minute, just connect with him. Just connect with him. Hallelujah. You are holy, God. There is no one like you, Jesus. We adore you, Jesus. We adore you, Jesus. Help us to hear you today. Bless your Lord. It's good to have Gabriel Black back blowing his horn today. We appreciate the band, all of you guys. Bless you. Thank you, Zach. Amen. Amen. Another word for the word holy, a synonym for the word holy, is the word free free. When the angels were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, a part of what they were saying was, Lord, you are free from everything. You are free from sin. You are free from weakness. You are free from lack. You are free. That is what he calls us to, folks. Not bondage, not weight, not restriction, but freedom, but freedom. I want to ask you a question this morning. Would you rather walk or would you rather fly? 
I'm not talking about flying to heaven. We'll do that one day. But will you walk or will you fly? Dallas, give or take, is 250 miles north of here. Will you walk to Dallas or will you fly to Dallas? I wonder how far we'd make it if we had to walk to Dallas. Did you make it to New Braunfels? Make it to Selma? Make it to the mall? Some of you ladies, just the other side of New, New Braunfels before you get to San Marcos. Or would you fly? If, if San Antonio represents the parts of our lives where we're not free, where there's a place of being bound. Something in us is bound. Now, I'm not talking to folks who don't know the Lord when I say that. Don't don't be writing this off as a statement to the pagan pool out there. I'm talking to my brothers and sisters in Jesus, where we know our forgiveness for our sins is found in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, that his blood was shed to pay for our sins. But we seem to have to keep going back in certain areas of our lives to be forgiven again. We're not free in that sense. We we will never have to pay the eternal consequences for our sins. But we're not free from certain things that shackle us, certain things that affect us and cloud our view of the Lord and our hope within ourselves. Would you walk or would you fly? If if there was no other way to get to Dallas, and let's just say San Antonio represents the places where we're bound, okay? The places that where sin can get us, where we can find ourselves continually messing up in places that we're ashamed of, which we quit. But let's say Dallas represents freedom. San Antonio is a place of bondage, place representing the shackles. Now, now don't look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about, you know. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I've been in church all my life since before you know, about as long as Adam has been. I've, I've, I've known church. I've got Bible. You poke me, and Psalm 23 comes out. You know, I, I, can, I can sing the songs. I, can, I know who I'm talking to, but I'm also knowing that it's true of my own life. There can be places that I wish weren't there. There can be tugs and pulls that I wish weren't there. And... and And so I'm I'm saying that, let's just say that that's San Antonio. But Dallas represents a place of 
freedom from those things. Now, Dallas, you understand the limits of this illustration, okay? I'm not saying Dallas is heaven and San Antonio is hell. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying this will say this represents one, that represents another. But what if there was another way to get from the place of bondage to the place of freedom other than having to walk it? You've got to take every step. It's up to you to walk your way out of bondage and walk your way into freedom. Because the problem with it being on us to walk out of the places of our body, if we could have already done that, we'd have already done it. But what if instead of having to walk to Dallas, you could trot yourself right down to San Antonio International Airport, walk yourself up to a Southwest Airlines ticket counter, Pay them your hard-earned money for a ticket to fly you to Dallas, Texas. So that instead of having to walk, you're carried. <laughs> now, I know somebody here wondering, what in the world is the man talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. The blood of Jesus was given so that we could find forgiveness and have forgiveness for sin. The Spirit of Jesus was given so that you and I could walk in freedom from sin. The gospel, the full story, is only half told when we talk about the provision of Jesus through his blood for our sins. The other half is the provision that the Lord wants to make for us to not have to keep battling the javelinas I call them chihuahua dogs sometimes, just yip, 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 yip after you where we end up spending so much of our time trying to get rid of the javelinas so that we can go on with the rest of what we believe the Lord would want for us to give our lives to. We can spend so much time stomping javelinas and shooing pesty dogs or flies that we're left with very little spiritual energy to say, Lord, what do you have for me today? That's more than just me confessing a sin. There's a difference between walking and flying. That's what I'm trying to say. If, 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 you, if you feel like it's up to you to walk out of these places of bondage and walk into a place of freedom, you might make it to New Bronfield. You might make it to the ball, but sooner or later, and it's happened to so many of us, we just wear out. 
We just get we just get weary in the journey and come to the conclusion, I can't do it. So we settle for a far less level of the appreciation of who the Lord wants us to be and what he has made available to us for us to become just because we're trying to walk, walk it out. Stomp on the javelinas, keep shooing the yellow jackets away, keeping things and we're doing it all in our own strength. When it drops 18 inches, folks, that the Lord never intended you to live the Christian life on your own, having the Bible memorized and surrounded by Christian friends, but still knowing within you there are some wrong places in your want to. Instead of it being that I've just got to live with those, put up with those, or I've got to wear myself out trying to defeat those things, and we come to the conclusion that I believe the Lord and His Word wants us to have, He has made provision to carry you, not just for you and me to have to walk our way in our own strength, carrying ourselves into a better, freer place. Jesus quoted, or actually he read from Isaiah chapter 61 as he was stepping into his public ministry in Nazareth, the synagogue that he grew up in. They handed him on the day that he showed up for that Sabbath day service, they handed the young teacher, the young rabbi, Jesus of Nazareth, the scroll of Isaiah, and this is what he read. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, has imparted to me specific, peculiar power for the accomplishing of some specific things. To be anointed means that you're endued with a measure of power that is limited and focused upon a specific result. Now look at what he says the reason for the Spirit of the Lord anointing him would be to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He read those verses, and then he said to the ones who were listening, today, today, this passage is being fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, he was saying, I am the one that this is spoken of. Not only have I been sent, but I have heaven's power to set captives free, to open prison doors. My brother, my sister in Jesus, will you just stop letting that be for lost people and somebody way off the deep end and way out there? Would you just open your heart and say, Lord, you meant that for me. In the places where I'm bound, in the places where I can't say a consistent no, 
in the places where I can't speak and behave with a consistent yes. You, Jesus, not only went to the cross to pay for my sins, but you, Lord Jesus, have sent your very own, your very own spirit to set me free from the power of sin. I'm going to tell you, if you will dare to believe that that is a part of your birthright, if you will dare to believe that the Lord could mean that for you, then the next whole chapter of your existence in this life can unfold before you. Will you walk or will you fly? Will you walk it out or is your determination, I'm forgiven, I know I'm going to heaven, but, but, but the rest of this is just up to me. How's that working for you? The bottom line is it doesn't work. It was never intended to work that way. That he has always had in his plan that it would be through the regular daily, even second by second flow of his spirit into our spirits that we would be strengthened to be set free. That there would be a no that rises up within us that causes there to be a release. That relationships don't have to own us anymore. It may not happen overnight. It may not happen within the first week. But when your prayer is, Lord, send your spirit, what does the spirit do? The spirit is anointed to set captives free. The spirit is the one empowered to open prison doors, to take shackles off, emotional shackles. Our problem is that we don't know enough. We know plenty. We just don't have the right want to. Some of you are going to know I need to eat a salad for lunch. I need to stack it up with cucumbers and grapes and, and all that stuff. But, but, but you're going to drive by the In-N-Out burger right down here. Right, right past that will be a Whataburger. And the knowing in your head that that double meat cheeseburger is not going to be nearly as healthy for me as that salad. So you know in your head what you maybe ought to do, but what do you end up doing? Pass me the ketchup. You know, go, go fill that drink up six times. At the, you know, it, it, it is not, folks. And the Lord knows this about us. He, he, he's a good father. He knows his kids. He knows how we're wired, and he knows that if he didn't make available to us a power to steer us in the right directions by the altering and affecting and infusing life and right into our emotions, we'd never do it right. We'd spend all our time trying to find sacrifices for sin. Jesus is the sacrifice. The Spirit of Jesus is the power. The forgiveness of sins is half of the gospel. 
power over sin is the rest of the gospel. So that you can go on from there. It's not that we, 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 we figure out a way to escape the battle. Paul will say in Galatians 6, there are five. There, there's there's going to be a battle between the old man and the spirit in you. The old woman and the spirit in you. But he's saying it's going to be the one that you feed. It's going to be the one that you encourage. It's the one that you, you, you cry out to do more with you that is the one that's going to dominate. Lord, send your spirit in power. To my heart. Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart. There are testimonies beginning to rise up from many of you who are making your focus, tapping into the life of the Spirit of the Lord Jesus available to you. It's not some one crisis experience and that's it. It's like every time you wake up and there's something that's pulling you in the wrong direction some memory or thought that's taking you in the wrong direction, and instead of you taking something and just beating yourself up, why did I think that? Why did I think that? Why am I thinking that? That is a total waste of time. But what works? Lord, you didn't ever intend for me to walk to Dallas. Your heart is that you'd carry me to Dallas. In fact, even better than that, you're going to bring Dallas to me where I am when I pray this prayer and it's the cry of my heart Lord send your spirit in power to my heart that is where the shackles break that is where the opinions change that is where the moods shift that is where the freedom comes Paul will say, now the Lord, the Lord Jesus, that's always who he referenced when he used the the word Lord, the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. Where do you need to be set free? No, no. I'm not talking about the ones out away from Jesus or somebody who've never heard his. I'm talking about the people of God. You, you know who some of the meanest people are in the world? It's folks who have come to know Jesus, but have come to the conclusion that it's up to them to live like a Christian. And so self-flagellation is the order of the day. Jesus would say to to the the, the Pharisees, you come up with rules that you don't even keep yourselves. Evangelical leadership in America, what about us? We can say, this is how you need to do your marriage, and this is how you need to raise your kids, and this is how you need to deal with forgiveness, and this is how you need to do whatever. But the truth of the matter can be In the very places that I'm putting so much of it on the folks out there to behave right, the Lord would know those are the very places we struggle with. But we're lecturing others on how to do it, and we hadn't gotten victory over it ourselves. Why? Because if the conclusion is, okay, I got saved, I've been forgiven, I'm going to heaven, the blood of Jesus cleanses me, but there is no regular operative sense 
that I can't even walk without him holding my hand. I can't wake up in the morning and think right unless he by his spirit informs my thinking. Instead of that being something that they say it should be harsh and cruel, it ought to be the most liberating thing you've heard in in a long time. The Lord's not expecting you to wake up and think right by yourself. He's not expecting you to go through the day and respond correctly in your own, you know, reformed nature and change. No. Lord, unless you fill me with your spirit and power, that face is going to make me just as mad at them today as they've been making me mad the last six months. Send your spirit and power to break the shackles of my anger, my prejudice, the pain of memory, on and on and on and on. There is a, there is a shift that comes. When, 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 when this settles in, do you want to know the, one of the dominant words that will describe your relationship with Jesus? And your relationship with other people in the body of Christ, when this settles in, that it's it's not up to me to walk to Dallas, it's up to him to carry me. Here's the word that will dominate your attitude. Freedom. I'm free. I'm free. I don't have to live up to that opinion. I don't have to live under the bondage of what I messed up back. I am forgiven, but he by his spirit is setting me free. Man-made rules, you see through them. Phony plastic religion has no effect on you, doesn't affect you positively. But there can be that sense in your heart no one that your father loves you, your heavenly father loves you, and he has not put a standard of behavior out before you that you're supposed to keep on your own, that he loves you enough to know what he got when he got you. <laughs> and as that happened, as he knew that, he knew we were going to need a helper. Does that mean that that he's bent all the rules for what is sin and right in his sight? Not at all. The standards of what is right in the sight of God are there more clearly than they've ever been. But now, instead of it being some insurmountable, unattainable Mount Everest of behavioral change, now I know that if he's calling me to climb Everest, he's going to put within me his spirit's strength to do it. I can do all things through the one who is giving me the strength. Who is that? The spirit of Jesus. The blood of Jesus forgives you. The spirit of Jesus changes you. The blood of Jesus, write that down somewhere. The blood of Jesus forgives us. The Spirit of Jesus changes us. 
So if, you, if, if you're, we're finding ourselves where there remain certain things after we receive Christ as Savior into our hearts, and we know that we're forgiven, but there remain things that need to be changed. Where the enemy wants you to go is blaming yourself and thereby accusing God. He's the accuser of the brethren, and he's the one who blames God. He will will work overtime to accuse you of being a failure and nothing and not worth God's time. And he'll blame God because you're in this mess and he'll try to convince you that some way or another God just really doesn't love me. When all along the truth is, the Lord knows that in this life we're going to be going through things, we'll, we'll face struggles. But that's why he said, there's a helper coming. You, you, you get ready for the helper to come. For the purpose of what? Being a book on a shelf? Being an idea of good theoretical practices? No. The one who is called alongside to render the aid that is needed, that is necessary for you and me to finish the walk, the task that the Lord has given to us. Lord, send your spirit in power for Christ. I'm talking to some folks this morning. You know Jesus, and there's a big part of you that loves Jesus, but you're worn out. You're worn out trying to live for him, trying to live in a way that would please him. Your intentions are good, and, and, and the, the, the resolve and determination has been strong, but it has, it has tapped your resources. San Antonio, 30, 35 miles up the road, New Braunfels, out of a 250-mile trip, maybe to New Braunfels, because we're trying to walk it ourselves. Now, I know there's some of you that are saying, I just don't know that that'll work, or maybe I tried this Holy Spirit thing a little bit, and I'm still, I'm still whooped. I'm, I'm, I'm still in defeat. It's just because you gave up too quick. He's not a liar. He doesn't make a promise. The Father doesn't make a promise that he won't keep. Instead of spending your time blaming yourself, blaming somebody else, looking for another place to go, and you're willing to admit, I I get hit every time this comes up. This holds me back. This is my shackle. This is my prison. I am a captive here. I'm going to heaven, but I'm captured here. Instead of feeling like I've got to clean myself up, I've got to get myself free before I ever can ask the Lord to send His Spirit in power, it's right in the middle of where you're standing right now, feeling the shackles, feeling your own weakness, feeling the pressure and the power of that which is contained in you to just begin then and to not shut up until a change comes. Keep praying until you sense something lifting. Lord, send your spirit in power for Christ's sake. Send your spirit in power to this heart for Christ's sake. Stand in the middle. If it's runaway lust, if it's runaway passion, if it's runaway greed, if it's whatever it is that causes your heart to sense that isn't pleasing to the Lord. You stand right there and cry out 
Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. I know somebody said, well, I, hope, I sure hope my wife hears that. Or I sure hope my husband hears that. What if the main part is the Lord wants to just set you free, ma'am, or set you free, husband, so that if he or she never changes, you're still walking in freedom. Instead of blaming, well, I can't do this because of these people. I can't, I can't be this because of Satan loves that kind of excuse. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and he has anointed me to proclaim and procure for my people their freedom. Romans chapter 8, two of the greatest sections in all of your Bible on the subject of the freedom in the Spirit and by means of the Spirit. The book of Romans and the book of Galatians. Here's one of the sections in Romans that's so strong. Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means, the word condemnation means the passing of the final sentence. Those who are in Christ Jesus, who have received Jesus as Savior and Lord, will never face the punishment that their sins require. Because Jesus received in his body the condemnation, the passing of the sentence of the sins of the world. He was guilty of none, but he took ours in his body on the tree, and he was condemned. He was put to death. So it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because Jesus Christ died for us in our place. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Now, there are many people who, when I read that, are going to say, I've read that a thousand times. I know that verse is in the Bible. I know that part about the law of the spirit of life and then the law of the spirit of death. But folks... To know a verse by verse in the Bible, to be able to parse the verbs and decline the nouns and, and define and, 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 and draw out the sentence structure, and to know the meanings of the words, it's not the same thing as experiencing the truth that is contained in the words. Don't give yourself credit for, for having experienced the things that are in the Bible just, just because you've read the Bible. I, I love what old Larry Lee, some of you remember that name years and years ago, Beverly Hills Baptist Church. Read the red, he said, read the red and pray for the power. Read the red and pray for the power. Words of Jesus are in red. Read the red and pray for the power. Don't just be satisfied with having read something as if you have mastered the subject, particularly here. So we see, look at it again. For the law of the Spirit, the word law, the synonyms for the word law in this instance could be for the power of the Spirit, for the authority of the of the Spirit, for the rule of the, for the dominion of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law, same word, from the power, authority, rule, dominion 
of sin and of death. The greater rule, the greater dominion is embodied in the person who said after the grave couldn't hold him and Satan couldn't keep him dead, who said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. There is a measure of rule. There is a measure of power. There is a measure of authority, if you will, that sin, sin driven by Satan can have in our lives. But the greatest authority, the greatest dominion is contained in the spirit of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, sin may be running you crazy. The pull and the tug of the flesh and the old person still trying to operate may rear its head from time to time. It may seem as if it's the strongest. It may seem as if it's the most consistent. But the truth of the Word of God, your Bible speaks of it, is that the greatest authority, the greatest power is the power that is found in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the result of that presence of power, when we allow the presence of the, of the Spirit's power to dominate, to rule in our lives, then it sets us free and keeps us free from the law of sin and of death. The, the, the Spirit of life is our Southwest Airlines ticket to Dallas. Carried, carried, carried the law of sin and death is what we do, taking the steps, trying to hope we make it before dark to New Braunfels. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But what, 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 is it, what is it about that life? What is the goal of the spirit? What is the, what it, what is the focus of that life? It is to set captives free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If you don't hear anything else today, if you don't hear anything else today, will you please let this into your heart? The heart of God, the will of God, and the power of God is to set you free and to keep you free. What is our part in that? It's to refuse to try to walk it and determine that we're going to allow him to carry us. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. What the Spirit is able to do as He works inside us is to change our want to. You've heard that said. You've heard me say that. That's, that's, that's proof from the Scripture that, that, that He has the ability to change our want to. So those things that are shackling us, holding us back because of desires that work within us in that direction, that, that we're, we're shackled because somehow we want that. We're in prison to this because somehow we're agreeing with that. <laughs> Here's how he sets you free. He just changes the way you've been thinking about that. You say, is that possible? There's nothing impossible with him. And I could have folks stand up across the room and, and our, our streaming family and just say out loud, I'm telling you, I'm telling you folks, God can do that. God can change my attitude. 
the Lord, instead of me beating myself up and memorizing 500 verses on self-control, or 500 verses on, on why it's wrong to be chintzy and we need to be more generous and, and, and trying to get other people to help us and to make us be better. Now, those things don't hurt. But there's no way to be set free from those things apart from the power of the one who was anointed to set a captive free. Embrace, engage, tap into his power, and you will be changed. You will be. You will be. Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart for Christ's sake. Look over at verse 13, Romans 8, verse 13. Everything in between is wonderful instruction and great truth, but here is a practical description of, a step, of steps to be taken. Verse 13, for if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. The wages of sin is death. The old man that's spoken of as the flesh, old person before Jesus came in, the flesh. If we're living according in the, to, to the old way that operated within our lives, then the wages of our sin is death. It, it, it's not that the Lord has to cause punishment. That's just the harvest coming in, that, that there will be death. There will be death. Even for a Christian, if we're sowing bad seed, a bad harvest is going to come in. So the, the, the smart thing is to just, Lord, send your spirit and power to help me understand where I'm sowing the bad seed, where I'm sowing to the flesh. Because I don't want to have to live out a bad harvest that can be generations in the making. But he said, here's the alternative to that. But if by means of the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Deeds of the body, deeds of the flesh. It can seem as if so much of that which can pull us away from the Lord and cause us to be left with a sense of spiritual contamination are things that have to do with the body. But that's synonymous with, connected with, I should say, that word, the flesh, the old man. So, so he says, if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live, live in abundance, live in freedom, live in, live in, um, live, live free and not a captive any longer. If by means of the spirit, you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you're going to wake up in the morning and you're more than likely going to be going at least 10 rounds with your flesh. It may be worse than Mike Tyson, 10 rounds. It's not, that, it's not that this flesh part of us is going to absent us until we get to heaven. That then there's no flesh, there's no devil, there's no struggle. But while we're down here, depending on what your Mondays are made of, or your Wednesdays are made of, or your Friday nights are made of, the things of the flesh, the things that can pull us and have shackled us, can, can, be, can come roaring at us. So what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live in freedom? Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart as you see it coming. You make it through round one, make it on into the fifth round, make it on into the eighth round, you're working your way through the day. 
But what you will find is that the Lord has sustained you. He has helped you. He hadn't kept everything from coming against you. But what he has done is to give you strength to not be bowled over and knocked out by the pressures, the temptations, the stresses that are coming. Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not spending any time talking to a bunch of Christians or so-called Christians who just want to figure out how easy I can make it, how much money I can get, how much stuff I can collect, and how I can keep the devil and demons and hard times a million miles away from me. Those kinds of things sell millions of dollars worth of literature. I'm not interested. I want you to be able to walk up, wake up with the joy of the Lord operating in you, with hope blowing up in you, no matter if you struggled last night, no matter if you had a hard time Friday, because your hope is not anchored in whether I can walk to New Braunfels before I give out, before I quit. My hope is in you, Lord. My hope is in your spirit to come and Strengthen this heart of mine. I'm living free of the condemnation that God's mad at me all the time, and I've failed him so miserably that, that there's, there's no real hope for me. I'm choosing to live in the place that he's forgiven me, and he knows that if I'm ever going to live free from the power of sin, he's going to have to impart that ability into my heart. Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart. Then what happens is that instead of having to spend all your day feeling guilty and ashamed and beaten back and whipped down because I, I blew it and I, and I keep blowing it, you, you, you know you're capable of blowing it. But at the same time, you are holding fast to that truth that David held fast to in the light of the, the great sins he committed Lord, your grace is unending. I throw myself on your mercy. Don't re restore a right spirit within me. You've got to give me back the right spirit. You've got to create in me a clean heart. I can't do it. He got up and went again because his hope was in the faithfulness of the Lord to strengthen him in the places that he was weak rather than the focus being upon him behaving right and changing from the end, for changing himself. Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. I, I, I hear what we're going to stop right there. If this has hit you, and again, if you don't stand up, it doesn't mean that you don't know Jesus, you don't love Jesus, you may not make heaven. This is not a litmus test for spirituality, okay? But if you're listening to this wherever you are, streaming family, or you're in this room, and there's something that you've heard that hits you, and you want that. You want that. I want to ask you to stand up right now. Stand up, stand up right where you are. And then I want to ask you to put your hands out like this. This is the posture of surrender. Streaming family, some of you watching this, driving down the road, you can't do this part. Don't do this part. But it's a posture of surrender. I give up. I give up. 
I give up trying to, in my own strength, change, get a permanent no, get a permanent yes. Lord, I give up. I surrender to you. And I'm here with my hands wide open, wanting to receive from you your spirit and power to my heart. Lord, if you don't do it in anybody else's heart, I'm thirsty for you to do this in my heart. Send your spirit and power with all that you know that means, Jesus, in every place known to me and in places unknown to me where you know I need your spirit power to effect and to maintain the change to freedom that pleases you. I choose freedom. I choose you, Jesus. I choose freedom. And I give up trying to make it happen in my own strength. Lord, I pray that you'll just overwhelm us with the sense of confirming this is the right way to pray. This is the right posture to stay in. I pray, Lord, that even by sundown today, there will just be some dramatic instances of some things lifting, some controls being greatly diminished, if not removed altogether, shackles being broken, freedom, forgiven, and set free. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, send your spirit and power to my heart for Christ's sake. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Carry this out with you. Carry this out of here with you. Don't close up your notebook, close up your Bible, and forget about it. Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart. Husbands and wives, parents and children, co-workers, friends, family, So what if the main, in the top three words of how you would describe your relationship with Jesus, what if one of the top three is this word, freedom? That means guilt. That means you're not carrying a load of guilt and shame. He set you free from guilt set you free from shame, freedom, where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is in control, where the Spirit of the Lord is doing His work, freedom, freedom, <laughs> freedom. That's it. That's it. End of sermon. We're done. Drive by in and out burger. Do what you need to do there. Head home 
And when those sense of shackles, whatever they are, start to try to control you, Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart. Well, how long do I pray it? Till you feel something. Till something changes in your heart. Don't quit. Pray it out loud. Keep your window rolled up. Nobody will hear what you say anyway going down the freeway. You say, Pastor, that's crazy. Well, then you got a crazy pastor. You got a loony tune preacher. It, 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 it's what I feel like I have to do most of the time. Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart because I'm so blooming weak and inconsistent and can be so unfaithful to my Savior. Send your spirit and power. Prayer partners, you'll join us here at the front, please. If we can pray with any of you here in this room, we want to do that receive Christ as Savior and Lord to join with you in this simple prayer, but powerful prayer. Streaming family, Pastor Walker at alamocity.org, let us hear from you. Just a paragraph to know how to pray. We love getting the reports of how he's working in your life and answers to prayer too. You are a part of us. Somehow we're connected in the Spirit and by the Spirit. God bless you. God bless you. Do as you are led. You can come this way or you can slip out the back. We'll see you next time, Lord willing. God bless you.